0: What makes you strange on purpose? I think I'm a perfectionist. I don't know anything. I don't know, I'm just me, I'm a little weirdo. I'm just me. My unwillingness to stay stagnant. I can only be like authentically myself. The best way I can answer this question is with describing a picture. It's this guy riding a motorcycle while he's reading a book called How to Ride a Motorcycle. Welcome to the Strange On Purpose podcast. I'm Izzy, let's get rolling. I'm Izzy and my guest today is gosh I I don't even have the right word to use today. He's he's just mad dope and we spent some time together uh, a few months ago and I immediately knew I had to have him on the podcast and after the holidays went through the beginning of this year went through I'm just mad excited to have him on. So John thanks for joining me today.
1: What's up Izzy happy to be on. Um, Thank you for such a a warm uh welcome and introduction uh you know i don't know how dope i am i just try to be myself but i'm very happy to be on uh and to be uh on the list of such uh esteemed uh guests that you've had so um just happy to be here
0: i'm uh i'm actually really excited because you are someone that um Obviously, we've talked a few times on jumping on, but like after looking at your experience and everything like that, it, it it's something that I feel like a lot of people that listen to this show uh, are going to be really, really excited for. So before we get into all that experience and everything like that, do you want to get into or give a little bit of an intro as to who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, no doubt. Um, <laughs> I mean, apart from what's on my LinkedIn um, and my Instagram, you know, I, I kind of... Um, look at myself just as a vessel, um, which has kind of been just, you know, a medium or a go-between just between creativity and kind of retail or creativity um, and, you know, Black people or creativity and and Christianity. So it's just, I'm just like a go-between, I think, uh, kind of my versatility in all those different places kind of has allowed me to use my creativity, connections, and, and you know just communication skills to um, bridge genres, if you will, uh, or bridge ideas, or bridge um, you know two um, different things that maybe quintessentially um, aren't bridged um, as cleanly. Um, so I'll um, kind of get a little bit into you know what I do, um, you know my entire career um, just in the sneaker industry or the retail industry has really been um, from a social media perspective. Um, I started off as a coordinator, uh, moved from a coordinator to a manager, and from a manager to a senior manager. Um, I've handled social media um, for quite some time. Uh, Probably, I want to say for the last five or six years, Um, but then this year I have kind of left the social media part behind. Um, It's still, you know, a part of, you know, my identity and uh, it still infuses itself into my work now. But now I'm fully on the creative side, Um, you know, project managing um, different things, bringing ideas and strategies to the table um, and just really bringing um, just uh, kind of a fun and a new eye um, to sneakers. Um, And then not also just sneakers, but kind of in my personal life, too. So um, bringing that to. The things that I'm involved in, whether it be like community things, helping black people or whether it be the church, um, you know, helping the church, just kind of, again, bridge um, those different things. So uh, social media started off and then kind of moving in uh, to just content as a whole.
0: You said you mentioned something earlier about not knowing how dope you are because you just try to be yourself. And uh, for the people that do know who you are, maybe don't know who you are, honestly, like when i first met you i didn't know who you were at all and then i got to like know you and it was just like immediate like this guy is real this guy's just gonna one say it how it is but then two like is just i for lack of better terms dope and i think when talking with other people in the industry that know you that have worked with you and everything like that the authenticity really shines through so before we get into the career journey and everything that you've touched and everything like that, when I speak of authenticity, what about like your upbringing or childhood or anything like that really allowed you to
1: like grow into the man that you are today? Yeah. You know, I, I think my, my parents, my grandma, um, also specifically just was really big on us kind of, being who we were and not, you know, trying to be something else. Like there were standards that were set upon us, but it it wasn't it was just decorum that was really set upon us, but we could really be me and my cousins cuz I don't have any siblings, but we could really be, you know, anything what we that we wanted to be and like, you know, kind of anything that we wanted to like and um, you know, and those things would be fostered um, you know, within it. So for me, um I have always just enjoyed the things that I've enjoyed and I've never um, tried to shy away from them because other people didn't like them. Um, I more so try to try to educate um, people on those things. And I think for me, versatility has always been something that I pride myself in. Um, You know, I like such a wide array of things. Um, You know, I'm into so many different types of music. I'm into church. I'm into video games. I'm into you know art comic books you know i'm into uh you know pretty much just anything that's fun and popular like i've kind of took some time to immerse myself in you know different type of books the bible there's just so many things that i've immersed myself in just because i found them interesting and then i've been able to take those things that i've immersed myself in and then bring those things into uh my career so for me it's just never been like hey john be somebody else maybe in high school Um, But then I started to figure out, you know, the authentic you, you know, the person that you are is much more interesting than being someone um, that everyone else is or doing something that everyone else is doing. And then I started to realize that people, even though they were a certain way, they respected the way I was, right? It was, you know, John might not be into, you know, all the rah-rah and all these things, but like he can speak eloquently about things like he can have a conversation about more than, you know, five things, you know, he can, um, be at this table with us or with this table with them and feel, uh, you know, completely at ease and, and, uh, be able to uh, move in and out of those different spaces. So I think for me, um, having met so many people, uh, being cool with so many people, such a range of people. Um, it's just really that, um, kind of authenticity in me has just grown because everyone has accepted me. They've seen, you know, the things I've been able to do, the things I've been able to discuss, the things that I'm knowledgeable about. Um, and I never needed to be anybody else because who I was has just always been enough. Um, and even in a place like, you know, in, in a highly urban area, I've been able to maintain um, who I am just based on the things that I love.
0: Based off those things that you love, and that authenticity piece, I, I think it's if anybody follows you on Twitter, or even Instagram or anything like that, you really uplift the the creatives that you work with. And it seems like it's, constantly you educating yourselves as to who new creatives look like or feel like or sound like or any like identifying these new creatives to partner with so with all the experience that you do have like what does that education piece look like for new creatives that like for really like the thing that we struggle with the most, or one of the biggest things that we struggle with as creatives is like price is something as simple as pricing ourselves. Like how do you educate someone that you're looking to partner with on, Hey, you might be charging a little bit too much or even too little.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, I think for me, it's always been, um, and what I try to help people with is just like, immersing myself into things, right? So uh, if I immerse myself into, you know, the new, the fresh, um, what's going on, what's hot, That also has to do with what's going on with pricing. It has to do with the current landscape, how things are looking. I'm constantly trying to have uh, education um, from the people who I I know that are doing it and trying to take as much as I can from that to make sure, uh, you know, I'm at the tip of the spear when it comes to what's new, what's fresh. And then even financially, logistically, you know, kind of what's going on, I think, especially with the pandemic. Um, you know, another thing about me that I noticed that some people don't do is pay attention. A lot of people really struggle with paying attention to, like, kind of the things that are important, the nuances. Like, during COVID, I noticed that there's a lot of conversation. There's a lot of chatter. There's a lot of memes. There's a lot of people saying to themselves, this is the year that I'm not going to allow people to play with my money. This is the year I'm going to um, get paid what I'm worth. This is the year... So then as I continue to start talking to people, it's like, hey, we're starting to realize that we've been nickel and dimed and that certain creatives are getting paid this. And, you know, our price is our price. You know, this is how, you know, I want to this is how I want to be. This is how I want to go going forward. Although we have we've had a relationship, um, you know, this is kind of where my new price structure is. And I have to respect that. And the more that I see that. Um you know, I have to pay attention. I have to immerse myself in that, try to figure out what people are saying, you know where where when they're saying like, "Hey, this person's getting paid this, how they're referencing it, um you know, just all those um, different types of things. So I would say in terms of pricing, and it's really hard for me to kind of think about pricing sometimes because as I'm the person that's usually paying people, I oftentimes it's hard for me to really know I know what people will accept what people have accepted. Um, but I don't always know sometimes what people feel like their worth is. Sometimes based on my, um, where I work at, people are like, well, I'll offer this number because your company is so big and I just want to say I worked with you. Or like some people will say, I don't care where you work at, this is my number. So I really sometimes go off of, what I've seen and what I paid other people, but also I just take people's honesty and merit that they're not trying to overcharge me. This is their price. And I'm just willing to learn like, okay, Hey, this is what he's saying that this is worth. This is a breakdown. So I have to respect that. And because I'm not the bank. I can go back to the people who are the bank and say, hey, these are the current rates. This is how things are moving. We might need to look at our uh, payment structure. We might need to look at how people are getting paid, the speed at which people are getting paid. And we might need to, as we move in, into you know these new years, um, these new years coming up, just take a look at how we're starting to see our budget and how we're starting to think about things. Um, Because honestly, um, people are really starting to look at the financials and entrepreneurship, just, you know, in a totally different light. So for a person that's wondering about pricing, I think the greatest thing to do is just find people like you who are doing it as well and just ask them questions. I I can't foresee you reaching out to a person saying, hey, you know, I do something similar uh, as you or, hey, I'm looking to get into this and I just want to know how much you price your work for um, and how you break that down and how you justify it um so i can do the same thing um you know as i look to be successful and i really can't foresee um there being an issue uh with that um also to that point there are certain people like Nicole studios um if anyone wants to look that up um tana spencer she's a a, a great creative and she has her um she has her own agency. sometimes I'll call her as she's a friend of me, and I'll say, "Hey, this is what they're charging." and she'll be like, "Hey, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. That's how much I would charge you know um that is that makes sense based on a number based on a location, based on a number of models, based on the number of production days, just so I'm in the know i'm current i'm i'm- constantly asking people like, "Hey, uh does this make sense? does that make sense and then finally, because I respected creative so much. I do my best to when a number seems low um, to say, hey, you could charge X, Y, Z for this. Um, You know, you can you could charge you could bring that number up based on your work, Um, you know, and then sometimes it may be after a deal is done. Sometimes it may be before a deal is done. Sometimes it's not even when there's a deal. Sometimes it's just my homies who are looking to get in the stuff. Uh, I'm like, hey, this is how much companies are paying for this this is how much um brands are paying for this this is how much people are paying for this service um so I think it's just important for me to also you know we say each one teach one it's important for me to kind of get out there and help people because there's no merit in me stealing from people and there's no merit in me robbing people and I know it's great to save money but if I have a budget why not give a person what they're worth um rather than not give them what they're worth. I mean, it's always great when people come in under budget, but sometimes if it's egregiously under budget and you're actually taking a loss or kind of hurting yourself and, you know, you can continue down this path of kind of hurting yourself and never reaching your full uh, financial potential, I feel it incumbent upon me to um, at least have like a conversation uh, with you to say, hey, you know, this is um, probably where uh, you can make some changes and probably, you know, grow your financials just as a whole.
0: Hmm that education piece is big but you're kind of the the journey that has really brought you to where you are today is crazy from kicks on fire to villa to champs to foot locker to foot action to who knows what the next step is next but like those are all brands that people look at and they're like damn I would love to have a job there like that's sometimes that's people look at those positions they're like that's a dream job so was that always your
1: like end goal in a sense so it's interesting um i don't think that (laughs) i don't think sometimes I it's hard to say end goal right you know because you never really want things to end i think my end goal is to retire and my kids be you know happy and wealthy and things like that so i wouldn't I, i wouldn't say that it was my end goal you know i did not go to college um, my high school that I went to just wasn't kind of big on people going to college. They were really big on you getting out of school and getting out of high school, but weren't big on going on people going to college or didn't have an expectation that people should go to college. Um, The high school I uh, went to is one town over um, from one of the worst places in the United States. So the thought at my high school was is, as long as we're not them, we're okay. Um, And, you know, that leads to a level of mediocrity, um, that kind of sweeps over the individuals that go to school there. Um, so it was never in me to go to college and, you know, my grandma and my mom are old school, you know, it's just like a job is fine. You know, you can work, you can maintain, you can have your, um, have your family be sufficient, you know, as long as you work and you get a good job. But for me, I didn't, I never really had an angle. I just knew that I wanted to be something, uh, just a little bit greater. I never wanted to um, pigeonhole myself into my my geographic area that I was from. You know, uh, when I was a kid, I watch a lot of movies. I'm huge on movies and television huge. It's like like movies, music, television, like my three favorite things. Um, And they often lead my creative process. But when I was a kid, I would watch movies with Caucasian people who would come home and fly home for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And that always blew my mind because everyone I knew lived up the block from their grandma's house. They lived up the street from their grandma's house. They lived down the highway or across the bridge from their grandma's house. And it was always a drive away. Why in these movies is someone always running through an airport trying to catch a flight on the way to Christmas? It's because they have left the nest. They went out, they got out there, they got a job in a big city. And now, um, because they're, of their success, they have to come back home for the holidays. And I always felt like I need to get away from here. Um, to feel like I've succeeded in a sense Um, to get out there and to be a little bit more and to not, and I don't want to use the word mediocrity, but for me personally, it's a, it, for me personally, I want to say that again, that's what, that's what mediocrity at the time kind of looked like for me. It's never have le- a leaving, always being in the same town, not knowing what it is to live in another state in another climate Um and those things like that. So I always knew that. Um so I started off there and then I was working at a group home with mentally disabled um children and adults and you know, I don't want to say I was withering away, but it almost felt at some points like babysitting, and then that's when I kind of found sneakers or sneakers found me, which is kind of insane. Um a friend of mine just had asked me, like, Hey, do you wanna come to this like camp out and get these black cement threes? And I'm like, Yeah, I don't care. But It was that that kind of unlocked interest into the world of sneakers, just not sneakers in themselves, because sneakers are their own world. And then because when I'm interested in something, I immerse myself, myself in it. I started to be immersed in sneakers and why there's lines and the soles on sneakers and the sneaker glossary. What, what is the midsole? What is, you know, an aglet? What are all these things like? What is the history? What is tra- the trajectory of where this, where this is going? You know, what are the financial benefits of these things? Um, and then that's kind of how um, I started to say, OK, sneakers is something I can do social media and writing kind of go hand in hand. um, And that's something I can do. So it was like, okay, I can kind of, put tie all these things together. And, uh, you know, I can go work somewhere where I'm able to write on a daily basis, where there's blogs, where there's captions, where there's email, where there's copywriting. I can bring in my love of writing, my, bring bridge that with my love of sneakers and my overarching love um, just of culture as a whole, like the culture of culture, just the, the supreme love I have to that. I can kind of tie those things together and then I'm able to um, create a career out of that. So um no angle specifically but just like god given progression um that really snapped out of nowhere just suddenly on the black friday that the black cements came out damn so what's the
0: future really have in hold for you i'm interested
1: yeah so i think for me as i continue to evolve and a lot of people say i have imposter syndrome but as i continue to evolve Um, it's important to me, one of the main things is to help creatives that look like me to gain an education, to have opportunities, um, and to also show the youth that there's a different path. Um, I kind of talk about this a lot, but um, I think one of the things that oppression has done to Black people um, and, you know, other people who would have been oppressed as a whole is it kind of takes away dreams. Um, I think a lot of times the people that look like me can't fathom certain things so they can never dream to be those things. If I never knew that marketing existed, I could never dream to be a marketer. If I never mm-hmm. knew that these things existed, I can never dream to be these things. So it's important to me to just educate as much as I can, especially the youth um, about exactly um, where they can go and where they can be and just be an example of the things that I've done, you know, just kind of with hard work. Um, so I think that's one thing Two, um, when I was coming up, my stepdad, you know, he handed me rich dad, poor dad, you know, and he he was talked so much just about you can't work for somebody forever. Um, so for me, it's important that I um, one branch out on my own. So that's something, you know, starting my own agency, being able to help small businesses. Yeah. There's so many small businesses that largely just don't know that a little bit of marketing could put them over the line. Um, There's this amazing taco restaurant around my house. It's amazing. I I eat there probably once or twice a week. Their marketing is so bad, but their product is so good Um, with just like a tiny kick in the back. Mm -hmm. You know, not like a a kick in the chest like on the movie 300, but like a tiny nudge towards um, a little bit of marketing could have neighboring towns know about them, not just the current town that the uh, restaurant is in. So I look to kind of help Um, individuals uh, with my agency in that perspective, just, you know, hey, if you do this, you could probably um, double, you know, the amount of money that you're able to make, you know, with, you know, a little bit of input with a decent iPhone camera, a setup, Instagram, and, you know, a small push to that's a, you know, 25 to 50 mile radius, um, you know, with paid media um, to kind of help with that. And then the last thing is, and, you know, this is very important to me. Um, My wife came to me with a vision, um, you you know, which is really important to me. She came to me with a vision um, just around starting a business. Um, You know, we got married and she really struggled with finding a place to get dressed at with her bridesmaids. And she said, you know... Um, There's not that many uh, bridal suites in Philadelphia, definitely not in South Jersey. So, hey, like I want to create a place that's a bridal suite where brides could come in. They can get their hair done and nails done, you know, et cetera, et cetera. um, And they can rent the space. Um, And with her saying that and the passion that she had for that, um, that's another family business um, that we've started as well. So I think those three things are um, probably the future for me. I'm not sure which one is going to wind up being the largest you know thing that kind of propels me forward um but um maybe all three as a whole propel me for it but those are the three things that I'm um, currently focused on
0: you mentioned that people ask or tell you sometimes that you have imposter syndrome so I'm wondering where do you think you're playing it safe right now
1: oh yeah so I mean that's that's a big one um although i have done a lot a lot of things i've worked on a lot of projects and it largely feels like just me working right mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like John, you're just working. Like, you had an idea, you put it in a deck, you pitched it, they said fine, then you worked on it. Um, You know, you had this photo shoot with DJ Khaled, you went to his studio, you were at his house, you worked on it, you took a flight home, and now to the next project. You casted these models, you put them in the clothes, the photo shoot did well, you know, you worked on it. You, uh, you know, partnered with this company, they created a website video game for you. The video game did well, the shoes sold, you know, that's just another product project that you worked on. Um, I think, um, sometimes it's very hard for me to sit down and say like, Hey, a lot of people haven't done this. Um, and you know, for me, it's just the work. Um, and sometimes I think, I don't know, maybe someone else could be the, like sit, sit in my shoes and have done the work, but it just, sometimes it doesn't feel as, big to me. Um, so that's something that I need to work on. I would say playing it safe would be kind of taking the wins that I've had in my career and using them to propel me to personal wins, like with my own business. You know, I think that sometimes when you have a life, you know, you have a job, you have a salary, it's really hard to um, kind of go out on your own and remove that security net. Um, and to kind of have the faith to go out. I mean, I always say to myself, like John, either you're going to trust God or you're not. Um, but sometimes it's really hard when you do have security, when you have children, when you have a family, when you can't specifically leave something um, to focus on something else and you have to juggle the two. Um, I think it's kind of using those wins um, in order to uh, to propel myself forward. Um, I surprised myself recently, not recently, but it's, it's so funny how COVID has just like kind of warped time. It feels like COVID, you know, this was actually multiple years ago, but COVID just seems like such a time block that, you know, kind of was like a blur. Um, but like, you know, I had interviewed with uh, with a sports team and the sports team was just over the hill. Uh, with my resume and the things that I was able um to speak on and they wanted to hire me. I wound up not working at that place, you know, which is cool. I think, you know, uh the path that I've continued to take has been better, but I was just so surprised um at how glowing they were of uh, just me and the work I've done. And I think so many times with the imposter syndrome, it's like, you just kind of don't see your own wins and your own worth sometimes. And sometimes you really just need to step back and say, like, hey, I have done things that have been great, although they're not the greatest things. You know, they didn't make me a billion dollars. You know, none of these things, you know, kind of put me on television. Uh, well, I've been on television, but none of these things have kind of uh, turned me into a household name. But the work is still the work. The win is still the win. Um, and it's still you know kind of helped you and attach something good to your name so i would say just taking my past wins and propelling them into my future wins um on a personal business level what makes you strange on purpose oh man that that that, first of (laughs) of all that's such a great name that's such a great name and it's funny because i think strange is such a uh, a weird term now right right um my my daughter is 13 And when I drop her off at school, the things that I may think are strange when I'm looking at the sea of children are commonplace for them. Um, When I look at shows like Euphoria, which I'm, you know, which I love, um, when I look at Euphoria, the things that me as a kid from a hood adjacent town, growing up in a certain way around certain people, knowing that that could never happen in the high school that I went to. But watching the things that I see are strange and it be so common these days, because, you know, art often imitates life um, for it to be so common. Um, I think strange is kind of a funny word. Um, but what makes me strange on purpose, I would say, is kind of um, I'm, I'm really purposeful, purposeful about the things that I love. Um, again, the music, the TV, um, you know, the sneakers, the just overarching culture, history. Um, I really kinda love everything the the science, the immersion, um, you know, I love the debate. you know, <laughs> I kind of love all these different things, and I think um just that wide array of things are things that I'm purposeful about, and even just I'm very strangely purposefully. kind of cued in on my versatility. Like when I see something that I've never heard of or I've never seen before, whether it's on the TV, whether it's on a commercial, whether it's a song, I immediately pause what I'm doing and look it up. Whether it's via Shazam, you know, the internet, whether it's calling somebody like my dad's a pastor. If I see or hear a scripture I've never heard of or don't know what it means, I'll immediately call him. And then like I go down this neo-type rabbit hole um, where like I'm immersed in it for days, where it weighs on my mind for days, and I have to figure it out. And once I figure these things out, how do I disseminate this new knowledge to people, whether they care or not? how do I de- um, how do I infuse it into my work or my personal life? Um, whether you know it's uh, whether you know people care or not, and you know, just how do I gain from it? And I think secondarily, um, something else that makes me strange on purpose, um, I would say it's like I also kind of have a laser light focus on the psychology of why things happen. um and, you know, I don't want to take this to a dark place, but like there's a lot of things that I see um in my day to day life just surrounding black people, oppression, the ghetto, um, you know lupe said Lupe fiasco said like the ghetto is a physical manifestation of hate, so like I'm constantly focused on why things are the way they are, why black people are the way they are, why white people are the way they are, why Asian people are the way they are, just the history, um, that molds and shapes people into who they become and then how that plays into the environment and how that environment, um, you know, plays into kind of the hierarchy, um, of people in the world. So those are things that I I really immerse myself in. Um, it's really huge for me. Um, you know, this, the science behind what makes people who they are. And then how do you use that science to propel your that brain science or that kind of relationship science or interpersonal science to fix ills and fix issues? Because we all are a certain way, um, largely based on nature and nurture, but your environment plays such a role um, in who you are. You know, how do we look at our environment? How do we look at how where we came from? How do we look at the people around us? And the people that are like us to propel ourselves forward in a positive way. Um, And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with being specific. I don't think there's anything wrong with using words like white, black, Latinx, you know, Asian, you know, we that's what society the terms that we use and although we're all the human race we all come from different backgrounds different places different environments whether right or wrong so we have to use those things to propel ourselves into a more positive future so that's one of the things i'm really strangely obsessed with but in a good way because that's a good thing right (laughs) It's, it's good to think about those things but that's a rabbit hole that can uh trap you very easily
0: how can people find you how can people check out your work and follow along in the journey
1: Yeah, so I think the easiest way to do that right now, I'm revamping like my personal website. um, But the easiest way to do that now is really just my Instagram. um, L-O-S-D-A-D is my Instagram. You know, I'm just really big on sharing the things that I really enjoy, sharing the things that I find interesting. Um, you know, so you'll find m- music, m- movies on there, kind of reviews of the things that I like, the sneakers I like, the things I pick up. But the other thing that you'll really find on there is my family, um, because that is very, very, very important to me. So when you go on there, you might have to scroll down a little bit to find the first like post about something that's not family, because my family is something that's daily and constant to me, um, whereas like the music, the music, the movies, the media um, kind of, um, are kind of uh, a step behind that. So I'll always um, talk about my family, my wife, my children on social media, but there will be a lot of um, things that I'm immersed in and I'm involved in Uh, kind of on a creative, on a work side, um, on a thought and strategy side.
0: Thank you for listening to the Strange Up Purpose podcast. As always, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes before, please like, review, follow the podcast on instagram drop a review on apple or spotify or wherever you check us out helps the podcast grow immensely so i appreciate you i could not do this without you